1: Welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nations Comic Book Chronicles. I'm your host, Tim DO Double G. And tonight I'm joined by the man behind the sound effects at ReadyCat on Twitter. And you thought he was gonna say Agent 70, didn't you? Fooled you. <laughs> Swerve. <laughs> Agent 70 is stuck at the office tonight. He may or may not join us. We shall see. But in the meantime, we'll keep the show rolling. And we also have at PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter.
2: Yay! I got nothing
1: Make sure there. to go to his web. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Make go sure ahead, go to go ahead. to his website, popculturenetwork.com. There we go. <laughs> Sorry. And while you go on the websites, go to theclicknation.com where you can find previous episodes of the Compbook Book Chronicles and comp Book Reviews and News. On the homepage, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Google. Also, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and Google Play. And we are part of the coast of the Podcast Network. Go to cspn.us, do it today. And while you're there, make sure to buy some Comp Chronicles merchandise by going to the CSPN shop that shop.cspn.us. And remember we record live every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Go to you can actually watch the show live on theclicknation.com forward slash live and join the conversation by using the hashtags Compbook Chronicles and CB Cron. The first book we are going to review tonight is going to be the finale to the I Am Bane story arc, and that comes to us from Batman number 20. There it is up on the screen there. As you see, (laughs) Bane's got his uh, two-face going, showing half his face and half of his masked face. This issue came down to a lot of just uh, Bane and Batman as two gladiators or two wrestlers just being the crap out of one another at least in my so, eyes. So it's the end of Blade 2? Yes, if you can remember the end of Blade 2.
2: <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen Blade 2. Oh, I man, have it, seen it. it. I just don't
1: remember what actually happened in it, at least it's, the end. It's it's an interesting thing and I want
0: to say that because I just watched Blade 1 recently and kind of skimmed Blade 2 at the end of Blade <clears> 2.
1: <throat> but uh, there's a lot of uh, references to Batman dying, which has kind of been like a running subplot about Batman and death and uh, he sees, like I guess, like his, a spirit of his mother, and he like tells her he can't, you know, go. He can't pass yet. And he, he, you know, I am Bane, but he is Batman, and of course, he ends up winning. And there's a lot of a uh, there's a nice sort of recap of the story elements from Batman number one till now. How you know Gotham and Gotham Girl showed up on the scene. How. Uh, Gotham got twisted by the Psycho Pirate and eventually died. And how uh, Batman's gone on this quest by recruiting his own version of the Suicide Squad to go to Santa Prisca to recover Psycho Pirate to bring him back to Gotham to cure Gotham Girl and Bane going on this tirade uh, to get vengeance. It it
2: it really it was just it was like the recap episode of a TV series, like the one where they just show clips like a clip show of everything that happened like in the last season, you know, that's mm-hmm. really what this felt like to me. I was really underwhelmed uh, by the whole thing because it was just like, if this was the introductory issue for a new reader trying to catch up to speed with the story, then I mean, it served its purpose there. It told you everything that's already happened, but it didn't really add anything new except that he and Bain were just punching each other and headbutting each other uh, throughout the whole thing. So I mean, when we really came down to it, I was really I really felt let down by the issue. I got to the end of it, and it's just like oh that's that's it. that's all we get in this issue. There wasn't really any meat to the story that we got, and what filled the pages was mostly just the clips and recaps of everything that we've seen come before.
1: I've been trying to wrap my head around what exactly King's been doing in this uh, volume of Batman. Uh, some people have said, you know he's trying to you know of course he's doing his own take on Batman and trying to um, we define him sort of the same way that Snyder, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo did before him on their long run in the New 52, um, which I guess is probably happening. It's just, like, for one thing, one takeaway I, I, I've noticed is Batman is a man of few words. Like, he says, like, maybe a total of, like, ten words, I feel like, in every single issue. A lot of it is him just, like, repeating himself over and over again, like, I will not lose. Actually, he he seems... Lives.
2: Very much like this is the younger version of the Batman in the Dark Knight Returns Frank Miller comic. You know, it's like, I hear the same thing over and over every damn night. You know, it just feels like the dialogue that you would have in that type of book.
1: Yeah, it's straightforward to the point. And like I said, him repeating himself a lot. But he he defeats Bane here. And I'm assuming that Psycho Pirate is going to heal Gotham Girl. We don't know that yet because he he needed like five days with her to cure her, which of course, defeating Bane now, I guess provides that time, those days to do it.
2: Yeah. That's the other thing is this ended and it felt like there should be another issue in this particular arc, but next issue starts the whole new series with uh, Batman and Flash investigating the comedian button that he found in the Batcave during rebirth. So this is the end of this arc. This is the end of the whole, I am Bane story. And I, you know, I just felt so over, over, no, not over, under. I felt so underwhelmed uh, by the ending here that, you know, like I said, it, it just, you got to the end, and it's like, oh, that's it. Like, I, you know, I feel like there should be more to that story. You, you're not seeing Gotham Girl get healed. You're, there's no, it never felt like there was any real, like, Psycho Pirate needed time to fix her, right? So Batman was just basically, it felt like his plan was just to stall bane long enough for her to get healed so she can come back and i thought the the idea was that she would you know swoop in once she was healed and take him out because she's basically you know superman more or less um and and instead it's just you know batman beats him up and and that was it and it it never felt like there was any real tension for how much time was counting down it never felt like oh is this going to be enough time for psycho pirate to get it done it's like they kind of brought it in and then it just disappeared and went away. And it was a plot point that they just never went back to.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe things will pick up once the button crossover starts, since we'll finally start getting some answers and probably more questions as far as the Watchmen DC universe rebirth, uh, fallout fingers crossed. I hope so. All right. Uh, over on the other side of the pond, so to speak, uh, the Resurrection books from X-Men and Humans both started. Actually, no, we're going to hold off on those because we said we're going to start with the I guess, sort of Secret Empire lead-up uh, developments in two other books, starting with Uncanny Avengers number 22 and coverage right there. So, this is the finale, again a lot of finales here, of the Avengers Unity Squad taking on the Red Skull. He had been Mind controlling uh, the majority of the members of the team, which led to Deadpool recruiting Spider Man and Wong from Doctor Strange to aid him. Weird. Uh, he uh, what was that? I just said weird. Oh yeah. Well, Spider Man was a, was a previous member of the team that quit, like in the first like issue, because he was against Deadpool being an Avenger. Mm. Which is funny. He's considering that the two of them now are starting to uh, book together right. Spider Man
2: yeah. Deadpool. Well, yeah, but Spider-Man's an unwilling participant in that team-up.
1: Mm. <laughs> so, so uh, Ro- Red Skull ended up using a mind-control rogue to beat the bloody crap out of Deadpool, uh, until he pulled out of his knapsack an item he had recovered from the f- former site of the X-Men mansion, and that was Magneto's uh, helmet, which he then put on top of Rogue's head, which broke uh, she... Ended up taking, b- taking down the Red Skull uh, and taking him to uh, New Adelan, uh, home in Humans, to ask Beast to perform brain surgery to remove the Charles Xavier brain fragments that he w- Red Skull was using for th- his telepathic powers. So the issue starts here. The brain surgery is successful, and Red Skull is now depowered. So the Avengers team is sort of celebrating in the halls of the hospital where Beast performed surgery. And then in Walt's Captain America with S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, because he's now the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. And he also, previous issues ago, had disbanded the Unity Squad, because Mo Cable, and Deadpool were uh, working with criminals Sebastian saw, and I believe Toad to steal and break into places trying to find a cure for the m So he had disbanded the team, but they decided to keep operating on their own uh, but anyway cap shows up and he sort of congratulates them on finally capturing and defeating red skull and he asked for the for charles Xavier's brain which um rogue is holding in a box that beast uh had put it in once he was done with the surgery wait <laughs> what you know red skull's been using I charles know, Xavier's brain
0: but i thought he was like grafting
1: you know what keep on don't don't i'm not well, it's like pieces of his brain, I guess. That's whatever what I'm pieces saying. they I'm cut like, off. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, whatever pieces they cut off from uh, Red Skull, they put it in a box. Okay. And yeah. <laughs> Cap wants the box because he sees it as a weapon of mass destruction because of how dangerous and powerful it is. She says, no, that's not going to happen. And then she like, explodes out of a wall in the hospital and flies off into the sky. Hmm. Uh, Cap doesn't get a chase. She calls her teammate, Johnny Storm, the human torch up to the sky with her and ask him to set the him. he does the bots and Charles's brain burn away into the sky and that's the end of that. Charles would have wanted Cap and the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents take Red Skull away in a van and that's the last we see of that. But And of course this is picked up in uh, Captain America, Steve Rogers number 15 which I'll get to in a second because there's still more to do and talk about in Uncanny Avengers 22 and that has to do with the team celebrates their victory and yada yada yada. They're having a good time. Uh, Deadpool is still recovering from the beatdown he received from Rogue and tries to like slip out while no one notices during celebration. But of course, Rogue notices. She uh, catches him outside on the street, uh, asks for his forget you know, asks if she's mad at him for the way she beat him down and almost killed him. You know, he says he couldn't be mad at her. He respects her too much for that. Uh, and he says some other things, and eventually she picks him up, flies him into the sky, and plants a kiss on him. Then they fly off to a rooftop. Uh, they talk some more, and he's like trying to say, you know, she deserves better than to have his head or his twisted mind in her mind. Because, of course, any skin contact, she absorbs the memories and powers of people. So she's already started to exhibit uh, Deadpool has while Deadpool starts to morph back into his, I guess, regular self with, you know, hair and handsome, good looks. I don't know if or not, but either way, uh, she plants one more kiss on him again. And then we see like, you know, she st- starts screaming out no, as uh, the artwork dis- from Pepe Larraz starts to display like the inside of Deadpool's brain and whatnot. And we see Captain America and Wolverine and Deadpool holding a woman that's obviously dead. Uh, I'm not sure what character that's supposed to be from his past, but I'm sure it's someone important uh she composes herself and she's like you know she says she's a big girl she can handle herself and they start making out again and then eventually she like passes out and someone else that has been inside her body and psyche for the last i don't know how many issues finally comes to the forefront and that would be her ex teammate and a uh, classic avenger wonder man
0: i was gonna ask about that
1: yeah so I guess with her powers weakening from kissing Deadpool and absorbing his powers, it was enough to finally free Wonder Man. But now Rogue looks like she's incos- unconscious, so the next issue will deal, I'm sure, with uh, trying to help Rogue. So that's Uncanny Avengers number 22. Okay, that made very little sense. <laughs> all right, sure. It ma- yeah, it makes sense if you've been following the series I mean, for I, as long as I have.
0: I guess, but I don't know. Like, even, yeah, I guess. Well, so so I guess this means that Charles Xavier is gone, just completely gone. Like none of the, the so brain, now, pieces, none of the brain pieces are going to scatter on somebody, and, and he gets absorbed into somebody that was below him or anything. And Charles,
1: Xavier know what'll, we don't know what'll happen. <laughs> we don't know what threads, the story threads we picked up later. Mm. So that, like I said earlier, that transitions us to Captain America, Steve Rogers, number fifteen, which is on the screen there. Uh, so the cap drives off to from the hospital with the red skull who is weakened and now depowered somehow he escapes of course probably with the help of steve rogers um we see next time we see him he's with his daughter sin his castles i'm not sure if it's in sokovia or not um but hydra has taken over the the country of sokovia during all this and like sharon carter is debating whether or not to send she forces in uh the The World Council advises against that because they want to wait to hear from Director Rogers who can't be reached at the moment because he's off uh, having a secret meeting with the Red Skull. Then uh, I've seen people online t- saying how I think this is the issue where they, Marvel tries to separate how Hydra is different from na- Nazis because they, they say it as like uh, Red Skull's version of I think uh, Hydra was like an offshoot from the real Hydra, which Cap is, has allegiance to, allegiance to the real Hydra, quote unquote. Uh, he's he's played at, he's played a loyal servant to Red Skull after Kubik, uh mangled his memories and past and whatnot. Red Skull, he's finally got Red Skull, depowered, which is a, a sequence at the beginning of the issue that sort of catches us all up on what's been going on. Uh, Rogers admits that he formed a Unity Squad for this reason to you know hunt down the Red Skull. As they thought to, you know, honor the legacy of Charles and Xavier, but he really wanted to depower the Red Skull to get him out of the way, which he is now. So then, Cap starts beating the crap out of Red Skull, and he uh, is asking, you know, screaming for help from his daughter Sin, who, for some reason, doesn't come to to his aid, even though she was she left him there uh, not too long ago with Cap. Uh, Cap beats him up, pits him up, throws him off outside the window of whatever high rise castle they're in, and then we get. Was a panel or page of, like the Red Skull laying on some rocks at the bottom of the, you know, the fall with his like brain splattered on the, on the rocks and like his legs all twisted, arms and legs twisted in weird positions from the fall, so he should be dead until they decide to revive him
0: mm-hmm. or since uh, he's over the Red Skull.
1: Yeah, uh, Cap go uh, exits the room he was in to be greeted by Sin and Crossbones, who kneel to Cap and say, "Hail Hydra." So obviously they're on his side now. Why doesn't, there's not like really an answer why they've chosen to side with Cap of all people. Uh, they go, he leads them outside to uh, these two ships coming in to, from the distance and landing. And we see it's Madam Hydra with their the new Hydra council that she recruited from the last issue, which was like the Kraken and Gorgon, uh, Arnim Zola, uh, Dr. Faustus. I may be forgetting one or two people. And oh, and then the issue ends with a flashback again to the past, because while Cap was fighting Red Skull, he the flashbacks also will show the time when he was confronting the Red Skull from in the past, doing anything against the Red Skull, and he was going to quit until he ran to that mysterious uh, Elisa woman, who we found out is actually Madame Hydra in the present, and she mentions how he can't quit and they need him because the Allies have a secret weapon that they've been working on. And then the final page shows that that secret weapon was or is a cosmic cube. So I guess since history has been rewritten, instead of the Hydra folks creating a cosmic cube, the allies or the good guys are the ones that were creating the cosmic cube. And then it ends. So a lot to sort of digest here, as far, especially with Fallout for Secret Empire. See how that plays
0: out. I, was about to say, I suspect we'll find out why some of these people are, you know, siding with Steve during during uh, Secret Empire, at least I hope. Correct. I'm there's sure probably, probably more to it than just, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. So now we can go to X-Men Gold number one, which is one of the resurrection titles. Because I believe all three of us actually did read that.
2: I actually did, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Was it just for you just wanting to see, you know, what resurrection was gonna be all about? Ooh. That's question for Doug.
2: <laughs> well well. I went, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, well actually when I I've been reading the Inhumans, you know, for the past few years, uh, and I really just haven't been a fan of the X-Men since, I don't know, 20 years or whatever. Um, so when I saw that the X-Men gold team was going back to more or less the team that I knew when I was growing up, uh, Nightcrawler, Colossus, Storm, Wolverine, Kitty Pride, um, you know, those were characters that were on the team, you know, that I always knew. Um, and then plus, I didn't know who... Uh, I didn't realize that was Rachel Summers was the other character. She's using a different name now.
0: Yeah, neither
2: uh, I. Prestige, I think, is the name she's going by. Is that it? That is it. Yep. That is it, yeah. So um, I, after reading the the finale of uh, of IVX, I really didn't care about the Inhumans anymore. Um, everything that I found interesting had pretty much been worked out of the storyline, and uh, them going off into space, whatever, just didn't excite me. So I decided to give the X-Men Gold a chance just to see if it felt, you know, kind of like those old comics that I remember—the Claremont Byrne uh, stuff from from my youth—and uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I liked it quite a bit. Um, it it definitely dragged in a couple parts. Um, it was long. I mean, it's thick. It's a four ninety nine book, and you when you hold it in your hand, you can tell that there's like some extra. Uh, weight to it but the story goes through and does a pretty good job of recapping for someone like me who hasn't been reading all the books giving you detail on a lot of characters let you know where they stand uh, where they've been some of the stuff they've been doing how they all you know come back together uh, how kitty ends up uh, leading the new team um, and it just has that feel you know again that they're they're supposed to be heroes but they don't always understand what that means and how to do it um, you know, there are threats out there and they're going to face them, but they're not really sure what they're always getting into. Um, it just had that, it, it did go back to kind of that old school feel. So I'm hoping it sticks with that flavor, uh, for a while. And then there's a handy section in the back that goes through with history that gives you, uh, here, how to do, do it over here, shots of panels from old comics and history of all the characters and everything that happened. So, you know, somewhere right around here is where I stopped. With the books, so then there's all the extra stuff afterwards that brings me up to speed on a lot of the characters and stuff that's been going on in the X Men books. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm going to stick with it at least for a while. Um, I like the characters. I like the interactions that they have. I like how they they're teasing all the Kitty and Colossus stuff again, but still they're not like jumping into it. But it's you know it's there. There's obviously something that's going to be um, underneath the surface that's going to have to be dealt with. Um, I just want to know what happened to Lockheed. Like where did where did the little purple Hello, guy go right? after all these years? <laughs> yeah, they put him in the
1: recap thing in the back. Right. Like, the last time I saw, I heard heard about him. He had admitted that he was he had had intelligence and he actually came to Earth to like spy on us as part of something or another. Oh. <laughs> like an invasion. With, had to do with sword at the time, which was the space. Um, oh,
2: I remember that one. Yeah,
1: government okay. agency.
2: I, I think sword had a,
1: a title, he
0: was a part of it. They yeah, I do remember the the title. I don't think i read it, but who's technically still around if, if you you know, given what I our flight is right now. You know, but...
1: Yeah, it's just they switched it over <clears throat> to a different government agency. Yeah. Name. Yeah, that was fine. Um they you know brought back the baseball games and mm-hmm. the flashy suits and all the things people love about the X Men. They brought back the familiar and a uh, folk. Uh, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, hmm. who I'm wondering if one of the members is Magma from the New Mutants, hmm. since they did reference her in the long recap thing at the back of the book, but like they called her out as one of the New Mutants, which I was like, hmm, is that the fiery woman that we saw at the final page of the actual story?
2: Right. One thing that the- was kind of unusual to me, though, is that reading through it, there were several points where I thought, oh, they have a fill-in artist. Like, there's a couple different artists doing this book because some pages have a lot more detail and some have a lot less. And then I looked at the credits on the front and it's like, oh, nope, it's the same pencil or the same inker through the entire book. So uh, I don't know if stuff got changed as they went through or they just had the same deadline and they had to get the same number of pages out or what it was. But there are definitely some pages where uh, the detail is not quite as sharp as it is on some of the others. I mean, it's not it's not terrible, you know, but. There are definitely times when I was looking at it going, oh, they got someone to fill in here. Oh, no, they sure didn't.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I said, some shortcuts might have been taken here and there. Yeah.
0: And we do know they did have some, well, not some changes, but something we noticed earlier before uh, before talking, they did do some um, changes to the art or whatever, or to the issue. To right? the dialogue. Yeah. So, But um, I I I agree with everything you guys said. It, it does kind of get to the classic feel. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking about picking and putting some on uh, my pull list. Um just for, for a little while and see where it goes. And actually something I just noticed over in the, the top left corner is kind of reminiscent of the old um panel, the whole boxes on the right side or I mean on the cover where they used to have the, the character pocket portraits. Right. Up there. Yeah. Yeah. I just noticed that. So that's almost all it needed now was the, like the version the, the you know the number of the issue and whatever other little stuff that used to be there. So that's kind of neat. But yeah, oh, but all the other stuff with you know storms back to our, our classic uh, form. You pretty much got the you know the almost the old um all new X Men lineup from from classic days. And it from the thing I've noticed was and just like they've said a couple of times during the, the course of the book, the more things change, the more things stay the same. Which is what the same thing I kind of felt about um reading X Men Prime last week. And sure enough, they actually say it in this issue. So I guess they were kind of going with that uh, theme for the time being. But it's, what, it's, you know, like I said, so far it's cool. We'll see how, um,
2: how it lasts. I did so. like, and I give them credit for doing this, um, they comment on the fact that several of them, like, I thought you were dead. Right. Like, yes. no, no, I've been dead a couple yeah. times. But, you <laughs> know, I, like those I hear there's a version of me that still is dead. You mm-hmm. know, All that stuff. I thought that was nice of them for at least to acknowledge that
0: mm-hmm so all we need now is arcade come back and you know a couple other classic x-men vigil just kind of
2: <laughs> do some reminiscing a very special uh christmas hanukkah issue there you go
0: matter of fact there, there's even references to because kitty says um kitty, Kitty's doing in a monologue she was like uh talking about charles xavier and she says something about surviving the experience
2: yeah, like he was a jerk sometimes or something. I forget exactly what she says, but yeah,
0: yeah can't she, she she was basically saying something like, like, Yeah, I remember you," and I continue to remember you. Something like that. And then She said something like that, and then she was like, "I survived the experience." What she said about that, and then there was another reference that was made, and that one's drawn am blank. That was early on in the book, outside of the um, the references to Diane, but um, there there was a couple of little you know kind of classic references that um. That was but that but I at was least
2: like. it, it felt like it was written by someone who was familiar. Right. With with the X Men books over the years, so you didn't have like when Bendis came and took over Guardians of the Galaxy, and people were like, "Well, none of a lot of this stuff doesn't make sense or it contradicts what came before." And he later admitted that he never read any of the stuff, but right. it was a movie; it was a big deal. They had a new book, so he wrote it. Whereas this actually feels like uh, Mark Guggenheim. I'm sure is probably a guy who has read every X Men book as he's he been has
0: read and,
2: and has yeah, read, and to read a out. couple. Yeah, right.
0: so so yeah, that totally makes sense.
2: Yeah. So, this is good. I plan on sticking with it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which also in Guggenheimstein, I, I noticed because I, I think I, I, I can't remember if I mentioned this last week, and I may have, but there was a reference. There was not even a reference, but he apparently he likes Rock, rock Slide because anytime I have ever seen a Guggenheim writing an X Men book, he's usually have some of the old, <laughs> the the young X Men, including like Rock Slide, like pre, ho, prominently. But you want to see him like in like a panel here or panel two here. So, I was like, okay, there we go. I was waiting for that to happen. Just throws it in the script. Hide rock slides. Yeah, now. basically. Yeah, just throw them in there somewhere. So, but yeah, it's a cool book. Glad everyone likes it. Yeah. X Men back. Well, let's not
1: get crazy yet. Just <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> give critical. it a couple of issues first, but. <laughs> and it's shipping uh, biweekly, so in two weeks, yeah. we're yep. talking about it again. Yep. And the other resurrection book is Royals Number One, the other half of the Inhumans versus X Men battle that took place last month.
2: Hmm. This art so this like sort of
1: nineties art.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say. I actually, I, I, I thought maybe I'd give it a chance, so I flipped through it uh, to take a look, and a couple pages of that artwork, and I was like, no, no, I'm <laughs> just can... gonna have to let this one go. Y'all can get off my boy John Boyd Myers. Mm. I like. I, his mean, art. I, I hope he makes a million dollars, but not off of me.
1: <laughs> so the Inhumans. We see a quick little mission of them. Uh, helping one of the last n- new humans that's broken out of a cocoon and they're visited by a Marvel boy who I didn't know came from an alternate reality or I was going to ask you about that also because like, wait I
0: remember from a young dude Avengers but I'm
1: like wait did that actually was he actually from a different dimension or something or to to jump to the end of the book uh, the last page uh, gives a bunch of like it doesn't go into as much detail as the X-Men back of the X-Men in gold but it uh, Suggest some storylines to go read. So, I'm, right. since I just signed back up for Marvel Unlimited, I am going to try and go check out that Marvel Boy miniseries. Right. Um, but Marvel Boy shows up and lets the humans know that the their future is not lost because the Terrigen Cloud was destroyed and there's no more Terrigen on Earth. There might be some truths and new secrets learned if they head to the Kree homeworld of Hala, which has been destroyed, but. Marvel Boy insists that there's still things for them to learn there, and apparently he has a ulterior motive for re- why he wants to go, and it has maybe something to do with a mini... Supreme uh,
0: intelligence that he has. Yeah, supreme him. intelligence in the
1: bottle. <laughs> oh, and the beginning of the issue, I guess, actually begins with a flash forward 5,000 years into the future where Black Bolt is the last inhuman. So that was Black Bolt. I was kind of wondering. It, yeah. The only reason I know is Black Bolt because <clears> I think issue like three or four, the cover had, is a split screen of a character, and one half of it is the old man and the other half is Black Bolt. Well, I remember when they were talking about, because
0: when he was meeting up with the person, with the people that was taking themselves, and I was like, oh, you're not speaking or anything, right? Or
1: something like that. So that's why I just immediately went to him on that one. But but then when he's by himself, he does speak. Right. So so maybe he, like, has control of his power better. Who knows? And why maybe is he the only one that's years? still alive 5,000 years in the future? I don't know. Maybe that'll he's not the one that we know of. <laughs> right. Know. But anyway... Marvel Boy doesn't tell the humans what he knows, but that, apparently his good word is enough for them to decide to fly off into this space with him, and no one questions his motives. I'm sitting here like, wait, <laughs> nope, no, no one. Uh, the the Royals decide to go since uh, it was Medusa who gave the order to destroy the Terrigen Cloud, mm. so the Royals go along with uh, Swain as their pilot, and uh, Flint decides or. I guess volunteers to go, but he doesn't give a reason why, but I'm sure we'll figure that out in the upcoming issues.
0: Well, I think the reason why is because the foreshadowing that happens in in the issue, because they said something about seven go and six come back or something like that. Not necessarily that he's going to be the one to die, but, you know. Well, I guess it can't be Black, but because he's still alive in the future. Exactly. So, But we actually, we do, and we do also find out at the end of the book that somebody is, um, is dying. So I don't know yep.
1: if we want to... So. We'll keep that a mystery for now, if people that want to read it or not. Yeah. So that was in or not in human? That was Royals number one.
0: Right. I thought that the premise, um, the reason for them going out in space, I thought that was plausible. It was like, with yeah, because Medusa was like, well, you know, we have all this lineage and history, but yet, you know, the stuff with the X Men and all the things that we've blown up Avalon twice and this and that and other, and we need to we need to atone
1: for this and then the other. So
0: I'm like, yeah, okay, that
1: was plausible. I, I can see if, like, he came up and said, like, there's more terragen on Hala. Right. And they decided to go at an ulterior motive. But this would be, like, there's things for you still to learn, and them not to, like, question why or anything.
0: Yeah, and the fact that you may not to Terragen. Yeah. But, uh, you know what? But if they had done that, I feel like that probably would have been a, kind of a cop-out.
1: Probably. So, that's Royals number one. Yeah. And, and Al Ewan joint? Yes, yeah, Al Ewan. We like Al and That's the reason I'm all for this book. One reason why? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. What did you read, Roddy? We both read Champions, number seven. We did both
0: read Champions.
1: That was the last thing I read before the show.
0: <clears throat> let's go ahead and do that one then. Um, I still hadn't read that MU issue, but I don't think it's, it's quite necessary because I mean, all, I haven't either. The only thing that really happened in that issue is that I think that was the issue that uh, introduced the freelancers, which is fine because the, the issue. They came after they kind of gave enough to, about their motivations. I don't know. This one was a pretty quick read, so I'm going to assume that there's that there's going to be something big coming up. I don't know. Weird, because basically all it is is like, okay, the champions found out that they've been framed. They go after the the, the freelancers who, after fighting a little bit, they're like, okay, you guys win. You know, they gave up pretty easily. Exactly. But until we find out at the end of the issue, they're you know kind of didn't matter because. What they wanted to get out of the deal was, was still going, was still happening. So it was like, okay, they fight, they they give up and uh, confess to the crime. But then at the end of the issue, we find out that, eh, you know, you should have branded your stuff, kids. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Trade Always copyright things,
0: exactly. Always copyright tra- your things, folks. Otherwise, you keep keep people from using it. And this comes back to to bite the champions in the, in the behind because apparently. The freelancers or whoever they're working for have some projects that are going up using the champion symbol, which makes which is going to make the champions look really bad going forward. Seemingly, so I guess it doesn't really matter whether they, you know, they lost this. They seem to have this battle's um taking a turn against them. So I guess we'll see how they combat that in going forward. So,
2: yeah. like that,
0: it seemed like there, there should have been a little bit more to this issue that happened, but you know, like so, it was just pretty, like, pretty cut and dry get from here to there um, issue vision pops up for a second and to offers some help and you know um, which gets declined naturally so I don't know if we're gonna see any more of that happening in the future, but you know, it, it seemed like there there was might have been there might be something else to that part too for some reason but I don't know. Yeah, it was like a
1: straightforward issue like you said Miss um, Marvel was like freaking out over their their impressions on social media after to being uh, dragged. Yeah, dragged and made to look like they beat up a pair of homeless people. Mm -hmm. But correct. I was just saying, but of course they admit that the freelancers admit they didn't do it. Thing, but but that is that. Hmm. Uh, I see you and Doug both read right. Read what? Cyborg. Oh yeah, this is another issue that was
0: actually kind of just. Uh, as I said in my notes, like if you read half the issue, you can pretty much guess the rest of it, because <laughs> it, it pretty much lays it all out. Like like going forward, I'm like, uh, okay, surely this is not going to be the case here, but oh no, nope, it kind of is, with the exception of one little thing. But um, so I guess after the uh, the events of last issue, um, which I don't think I read, uh, Vic takes a boom tube away from from all the rats nibbling at his bunsies. And um he didn't know where he was going. he ends up in some some digital um dimension and apparently um it has something to do with uh his his past memories, some of which he's starting to he has gotten back um He meets up with an old friend who's on the cover who's apparently um turned into a super villain um and this world that they happen to be in now was one that they both created because it was some kind of Video game they created in the past, so this whole issue is pretty much Vic's kind of dotting himself again this and another, and now he just so happens to end up in this world, you know with this friend who's against him for reasons he wasn't really sure about it at the first until he calls up his memories, but then during this whole battle between him and him and the friend, you know he he gets his assurance back or something like that, but at the same time, you know, like I so say he has um an issue with boom Tube's powers, I guess I don't know' it's, it is what it is, um, so. and I, I, it's it's. I don't want to straight up say it's a weak issue, but like it's a, it's, yeah. it's kind of a filler issue. You might as well so, say cause.
2: all right. So, I I was gonna dump uh, Cyborg after last month when he got attacked by uh, a pack of rats that were being mind controlled by this criminal mastermind guy. It was just one of those, like, really, like, is this the best we can do with this character? This is where we're going with this. Um, so, so I was gonna I was gonna dump the title because it just hasn't been as strong. It started out good, but just I felt like the last few issues just hadn't been as as good. But I did pick it up for one particular reason. I actually got the alternate cover here, but uh, if you see there, free digital comic. This was the first of the DC push to add the digital, <laughs> and uh, similar to Marvel, there was a little sticker here on the back with a code. And you go put it in, and it unlocks the issue for you. Unlike before, when they had done digital copies, where it was in a bag with an alternately colored cover. And you went to the back, and there was like this giant, it was like a like a 21-string number or 16-string thing that you had to type in. It was a total pain. Uh, this one was a lot easier to put in. So I went ahead and got it, you know, because it had the code. I wanted to check it out and try it. And the new thing, technology, you, gotta, you know, whatever. Um, at least I felt like him fighting in the the digital world made more sense with his character as opposed to being on the mean streets of Detroit fighting a guy who mentally controls rats. Um, The artwork actually was a couple different artists. Um, Anytime there was something happening in the game world, it was one artist. Things happening outside of the game world or like in a flashback or whatever was a different artist. So that was kind of cool. I actually liked um, how they did that. But again the story just wasn't that strong. Uh, I think it was better than last issue with him fighting the Rat King, but they're going back to the Rat King uh, after this. So I don't know. I mean, it, at least this was better than, than what's come before. So maybe I'll give it, you know, another month to see how it works out, the whole Rat King thing. But if Rat King is going to stick around for several months, that, that may just be too much for me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, and speaking of the, the digital code thing, I was like, I I was excited about it also, and still am. And and I totally forgot about not all of the DC books are getting digital codes because I also bought Um Deathstroke this week. I'm like, hey, great. Oh wait,
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, the non bi monthly mainline superhero books uh, are right. are they're jumping to three ninety nine and they have that code, so um, they're going on par with Marvel, uh, which of course we'll talk about later. Marvel's adding yeah. the digital codes back in, so. So now both companies doing it. It'd just be great if DC would do it line wide, you know. Yes, exactly. And if they want
0: to go ahead and do that archive like Marvel Unlimited, I'd be happy about that also. <laughs> so anyway,
2: yeah. All right, um, Tim, you're muted. I'm um, back. Uh,
1: yeah. What do know. we want to jump to next? How about how so, we kind of rapid fire at this point, or uh, cause, yeah, because I only have one.
2: Well, does anybody one, else uh, read Spider
1: Man? Um, uh, I didn't know because uh, I'm behind on the right, going agent crossover.
0: 70, yeah, me too. Agent okay. Seventy did though because he got something in the notes. Well,
2: what does he have to say?
0: He says so. Spoilers, sort of, because it's on the issue uh, now. Miles' mother knows the secret. Uh, nobody has a secret ID anymore. But all we get is that Shield agent dad doesn't want his wife to go and tell his mother-in-law because apparently the, the entire world would know soon after. Right.
2: Um, so, when the whole Miles Morales, Spider-Gwen thing kicked off, they were sitting in the dorm room at school, eating pizza, and Miles is telling the story about him and Spider-Gwen hooking up. So, this basically covers him coming back to uh, the correct universe with his dad. Uh, the stuff that happens with him and his dad, and then it ends right about the time that he's sitting down with them uh, to tell them the story of what had previously happened. So, we're catching back up. Um, and uh, the artwork in this book isn't as strong as what we usually get. Um, it actually looks like whoever did the uh, the work, like they used 3D models in like a 3D poser program and then drew on top of them. So they look really kind of weird and like stilted in certain places. Um, they also had this tendency to use a lot of the same frames over and over where Miles and his dad are talking and like one of them changes from – from panel one to panel two, but the other one doesn't. And then when you get back to panel three, they're back in the original position. So there's, you know, it, it like only like they copied and pasted and then changed like one thing here, one thing over there whatever. Um, so there was a lot of, uh, repeating going on. Um, and honestly, when I read it, I thought it was a different writer. I was like, Oh, Bendis didn't do this one because this dialogue is weird. Um, this dialogue doesn't make a lot of sense in places and then found out, no, it's still Bendis. um, it felt too much like someone trying to write like Bendis and trying to put in that conversation, you know, like "Hey, it's just normal people talking," like Bendis does, but it, it doesn't feel right. Um, it feels more forced in here. That's why I thought it was a different writer, but it turns out it was still him. So, um, again, it was again, it was very disappointing for me. Um, I. Again, the artwork wasn't very strong, but the story just kind of pulled me out of it because it just felt too much like someone trying to be like Bendis than an actual Bendis book um, with the dialogue, the way it it filters. But again, it's like most uh, Spider-Man issues we have nowadays where conversation, conversation, conversation. They move to a new point, two different characters, conversation, 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 move to a different point. Something happens with somebody, but they're not involved in the story yet, so you don't know how it ties in yet. Conversation, 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 you know, the way he does. So not a lot of actual, you know, story going on. The stuff with his mom was interesting, but again, it felt forced. There, it was one of those things where she wants an explanation about certain things, and they don't give it to her. When it'd be very easy to be like, oh, well, this is why we did this, and this is why we did this. And instead, they just kind of look at her and, like, oh, she's mad. I'll just say, I'm sorry. A- and then they ignore trying to answer her question, and she gets mad. You know what I mean? It's just, it's like you're watching these people make the dumbest mistakes and implode um, instead of just being like, okay, well, look, you know, uh, you were in danger, and we we're trying to keep you from it. They don't say that. Instead, it's just like, oh, uh, I'm sorry, I messed up. And they're like looking at each other, like, "What else should we say?" Well, there's a lot of stuff, doofus. So uh, it's just kind of infuriating at, at that point. So, so, yeah, so like uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so again, not not a strong not a strong issue this month.
1: Cool. All right,
2: Joy. not a contender.
1: <laughs> you want to rapid fire? I guess from now. Sure. I only have one more book, so. Well, what's your book?
0: Oh, so you got a couple more DC um, dirt, right? But...
1: mine is a dc mine is a dc book nightwing number 18 okay Bam. so it's damien and dick versus professor pig to rescue nightwing's girlfriend and pregnant pregnant girlfriend sean uh last issue so I, i was behind like three issues on nightwing so i spent i think monday night reading all three including this issue to get caught up uh previous issue had uh, Deathwing, who was a character from, I guess, DC back history, who technically isn't the same Deathwing. He is a Dolatron that Professor Pig had, I guess, created and brainwashed, along with a brainwashed Robin in a throwback Robin costume with like the elf booty shoes and whatnot, and just no no pants. But again, these are just uh, brainwashed individuals, and the Robin actually starts to sort of break away from the programming except uh, Deathwing that end up, ends up choking them out to death. But uh, Nightwing and Robin are able to free Sean. Uh, Robin gets distracted when he sees his uh, aircraft flying away with Deathwing in it. And when he goes to try to catch up with them, he gets captured by, I guess, the per- real person who's been pulling the strings, who wasn't Professor Pig, but in, that tra- in the, the big reveal is the person is Simon Hurt, who I had to go Google in Wikipedia to figure out who this person is and what his connection is to Batman. Apparently, I guess Grant Morrison used him as like the main villain in his Batman run. Run. So next issue, uh, I think. It, the, yeah, at the top of the, the top of the uh, cover, it says Nightwing must die, but the there's also like a throwback to another I like guess story art called Robin da- dies at dawn or something. So that's referenced here, and I think it has like a connection to a previous storyline from the past. that leaves us as issue nineteen comes whenever that is. So that's Nightwing eighteen. Alrighty. Who wants to go next?
0: Yeah, I got a I got one. Or actually I got two left, so I just go ahead and pop them through quick. Uh Avengers number six. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the the plan the three ponged uh, Avengers plan, which had to do with uh, some past Avengers against Kang started working out until it didn't but um but um the, the apparently there was a, some kind of the whole time thing is still kind of weird because I don't know how Kang is even doing some of the stuff he's doing, but then again, we got future vision, who apparently um after talking to vision, we find out you know he's so long lived because he's been replacing himself over the time and over the time, and vision and our current vision says something like, well, surely you still have the same current memories of uh Simon Williams, don't you? Which goes unanswered, so which leads us to believe, and maybe I guess it's gonna come up some kind of way. I don't know why they even brought that up if that wasn't gonna do it. So apparently um Future Vision's got somebody else's uh, brain patterns now. I'm kind of banking on Kang for some stupid reason. But anyway, um so like I said the Avengers plan hit a snag. Kang's, Kang starts to get the upper hand until Giant Man Hank Pym, who was seemed the, the, one of the last ones left, runs off, uh, gets this device, and then traps like the Scarlet Centurion who and um, a couple of other Kangs who show up uh, after getting the upper hand of the Avengers, traps them in this in this um, whatever contraption that is, saves the day, and then the timeline gets back in order. Uh, all of the past Avengers go back to their timelines with their memories erased because you know you obviously you can't keep that going on. Um, our current division our current avengers um you know go back to um their time and you know kind of i guess recoup that 's really not much else that that happens to this one except for the fact that um at the end of the issue well you know hopefully there 's no repercussions that happen uh, from from all of that stuff, and then we cut to what seemingly is below avengers or it says many many um many levels below which if i remember correctly they're in parker they're in parker tower or whatever he's calling an aka the old Building or whatever games
1: Industries.
0: yeah parker industries so somewhere deep below that but then again hell you know there was a old time machine that peter didn't know that was there that was from the old, from the fantastic four so i guess this could be this could um be something else, but you see this thing popped up and it looks like a uh, it looks like a tombstone, and it says Avengers X, and then that's where the story ends. Which I think Avengers X recently popped, Avenger, excuse me, Avenger X popped up in the point one issues, I think, which I have not read because I feel like I've seen that before fairly recently. But that's where the issue ends. So I'm going to soon going to bring that up. That's going to come back up um, next
1: issue. I started this issue, but did not um, obviously obviously only got a couple pages into it before the show started. Yeah, I mean it's pretty much the end of this, the end of the arc with this Kang stuff,
0: and it's going to go into whatever this Avenger X thing is, which, like I said, I'm I'm going to assume it's coming out of the point one stuff.
2: It seems like there's been a lot of Kang in the Marvel universe the past couple years.
0: I know, yeah, and that's why I was thinking I was like, okay, clearly we have another Kang war coming up because there's no reason why Kang would be coming up for some more if they weren't setting up for something big, and it could very well be because, like I said, it's not like you know, like they captured the two or three versions of Kang that showed up in this issue, and they defeated the one, like, they defeated the the one king that, that was the main, the main king, but then when the dozens came up, that popped back up, you know, it was just like, well, they were getting the upper hand, then they you know, got him again, because basically they essentially took all of his resources, like, all of his, like, one one part of the Avengers was going after his weapons, one was um, going after his time juice, or whatever the case might be, that he was being sustained on, and then one was attacking him directly, so technically, they just took him out on three fronts, and capture these other ones, so who knows? Maybe they're going to get it released, and then there's going to be another big King Kang thing after 18 months. <laughs> or something. I don't know. Ugh. Yeah.
2: Oh, I mean, yay!
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I guess we're all about due for another Kang War 3, because I don't know how many other big events from Marvel's past they can go back to at this point. Well,
1: if it's a big event, they said that they're, after Secret Wars, they're taking 18... 18- uh, at, least, days uh, off, at least 18 not... months
2: off yeah 18
0: yeah. days off <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and we'll get to that because yeah that doesn't mean they're not going to do small events which you know, that seems all they have been doing lately do you want to get your last one off or sure yeah real quick uh, america number two so at the after the events of last issue she punched out at, when she punched out hitler um this book kinda of goes a few different places really fast. And I didn't, didn't recognize that this uh in the first issue, but apparently this one does too. So after that, she's still in in the past. Uh she meets up with Peggy Carter who's kinda of schools are on the thing. Schools are on a couple of couple of things. She comes back to the quote unquote present, or wherever she's going to school uh whatever dimension she's going to school at. Um we find out that she's popular on some Snapchat slash social media thing uh from that these couple of girls that she met in the last issue kind of been following on kind of fangasping them in all her on, which that comes up later on in the issue because, um, they're like fanatics basically, but so it kind of goes through her trying to do whatever homework she's trying to do. She found out a new wrinkle to her, you know, her portal powers, which was the the, the potential to go back into, to to start time travel, which, you know, ended up which her ended up being, uh, back in world war two. Um, she, gets back to the present. She has a lecture, which apparently is being done by Moon Girl, La- uh, Lunella Lafayette, about something, and apparently she's getting something out of it. Um And then there's a, an attack throughout the at school by some cyborg kids doing whatever, whatever, and that gets taken care of real quick. She, um, but then these other t- t- fans that, um, that are just brought up kind of come back and kidnap her ex-girlfriend because, you know, you deserve better, or something that's whatever our reason it was. Um, and then I think that's pretty much where the, the book ends because, like I said, the, the, it, the book just kind of went through a few different things d- during, uh, during the course of it. I'm like, that's that's so kind of weird jumping from here to here to here to here to, here to, to there, but you know, I guess it's got to thin out at some point and go somewhere. But so outside of that, not really much. Um, it went, it wasn't a terrible issue, but um, you know, there wasn't really anything crazy, crazy exciting happened. There was actually one panel to where it reminded me of Spider-Man and Amazing Friends where she was talking to Peggy Carter and she bumped up against something and the whole room kinda of switched around like like um like you know Peter's room did in, in that show, if you're old enough to remember that.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but outside of that,
2: you know, It is what it is. All right. Okay, well then I will go through the rest of mine here. Uh, Superman number twenty, the first part of Black Dawn. Um, basically, Batman and Robin show up at the Kent farm, and uh, uh, by the way, after what happened in Action Comics, um, oh, was it two? I guess it was two weeks ago because it was five weeks uh, last month. Two weeks ago, what happened in Action when it rewrote the history is that apparently. Um, this family, the Superman and Lois and Jonathan, have always been in the DC Universe, because they rewrote history. So they've always been there. Everyone knows them as the Kents. Everyone knows that they moved to a small town uh, outside of Metropolis, away from Metropolis. um, And they all know them as the Kents. So the whole Jonathan White, Clark White thing just went away, disappeared. And these are the guys that have always been in the DC Universe. So that was kind of weird, but nonetheless... um, So here they are, Batman and Robin show up at the farm, and and Batman basically says, I did some scans on your son when you weren't watching, Uh, and basically, uh, he is going to be so much stronger than you, and so much powerful than you, and in fact, he should be there now, and something's holding him back. So there's something wrong with Hamilton County, Kansas. There's something there, something um, evil, malicious, toxic... You know something is stopping Jonathan from growing, and they're they're there to figure out what it is. But of course, Superman doesn't want Batman to be the one to do it. He wants to be the one to figure it out for himself. So you get a little bit of headbutting there, and you get some of the the uh, you know the stuff with Jonathan and Damien from the Super Sons book. A little bit of their headbutting, and you get the Superman Batman with their headbutting on there. So that classic fun stuff that you love whenever the two of those get together. Uh, that was there, so it was a good time. Um, it's not necessarily a strong first issue for whatever this crossover is because the issue ends and you're not exactly sure what is going on and what exactly you've seen and where the story's going uh, as far as that goes, but it's, but for seeing the fun Superman-Batman banter and distrust and that type of stuff going back and forth, that was pretty good. Um, let's see, jumping back over to Marvel, Iron Fist number two. Iron Fist, uh, last issue we saw somebody approach him and wanted him to get into some sort of kung fu tournament, uh, very Mortal Kombat the movie uh, feel to it basically they tell him that there's this island that's been isolated from the world and it has these seven houses of kung fu and they've all developed their own style and they want him to fight the chosen champion of the seven houses uh, in order to prove that the kung fu is worth it You know that the, to legitimize the kung fu that they've developed on this island uh, and the key is here that Danny gets to steal the chi of the people that he destroys and so that's what he wants is he wants that power back, he wants that that chi back. That it's chi back. Highlander.
0: It, it, no, I was about to say it is absolutely Mortal Kombat. Does that sound like some Shang Tsung yeah, stuff? Yeah, I was going to
2: say. yeah it is. It is like <laughs> Mortal Kombat co- because he destroys him and he leans over him and you just see like the like the electricity like crackle out of him and come into his body and he's you know feeding off of it. But um, as as much as hokey as it sounds, though, it still kind of works just like it did last time. It, it does feel like. A kung fu movie like you would have seen on you know El Rey Network at three o'clock in the morning like they tend to do. Um, it's it's cheesy and it's kind of goofy and people use the term kung fu like we would use clouds and sky. You know it's just like all over the place. Well, this is my kung fu. Well, that's my style of kung fu. Well, this is the great kung fu. You got to prove your kung fu. Well, let's face his kung fu and you know on and on and on. But the the cheesiness works on it. It's great. Um, I actually like it. You know the first issue I wasn't too sure, but after this issue I love it. So um i'm looking forward to sticking around on that one for a while
0: you know it almost kind of sounds like that um secret war miniseries with shang chi uh shang because i believe there was a tournament tournament or something going on there see i didn't
2: read that one so yeah it was pretty good maybe, maybe i'll go back i wonder if it's the same writer i'll have to check that out mm, yeah i don't know how to check all right we've got the uh star wars rogue one adaptation and normally these types of things aren't a big deal i'm sure roddy has a copy uh, actually,
0: I did not get because oh. you don't usually get the adaptations, but I did well, get this. Oh, is that
2: the steel box? Yeah. Does that have the three D Blu-ray in it? Yeah. Oh man, I'm gonna have to buy that stupid thing. All right. <laughs> I, I just I hate the steel cases. I'm just one of those people. I don't buy the steel cases.
0: Yeah, they're usually not worth it. But
2: well, and they don't they don't fit on the shelf. They don't have the words on the side. You know, and it doesn't look right with everything else. On it. But anyway, nonetheless. Um, true. The, the key thing here, though, with this adaptation is that it expands on some of the scenes that were cut from the movie. So there are certain background things that you hear him talk about that you don't actually see, like the uh, the pilot, I can't think of his name, but the one who brings the message from her father. Um, it shows him, um, you know, getting the message. It shows, you know, that kind of background stuff. It shows him getting captured in the desert. Um, it expands on some of the dialogue in certain scenes. Um, it shows uh, Mon Mothma. And, um, and uh, Leia's dad, I can't think of his name, Organa. Bail um, Organa. Bale, Bale Organa. Um, yep. It shows the conversation between them. So, so some stuff that didn't make it into the movie makes it in here. Um, and they said they're actually working with uh, the writers and the uh, director of the movie to bring that stuff into it. So it's going to be more than just an adaptation of the movie. It's actually an adaptation of the story itself. And because this is Marvel, because it's canon, um, as part of the whole Lucasfilm deal, you know that whatever comes out in this comic counts. So that also is a is a big deal and makes it worth reading. Um we had Nova. Um let's see here. Richard Rider has returned to Nova. Um and he came back from the Cancerverse where he was dead. Oh, there we go. And uh, he brought something back with him, something evil, and it's been brewing um underneath The uh, story for a while. Well, now it's finally lashed out and attacked, and uh, Sam and his family is uh, in danger, and Richard has to come back and face it, and Richard has to decide—you know—is it worth his life to put the other lives in danger? Um, You know how? What does it mean to really be a hero? You know that type of stuff that you usually see. Uh, It was fine. It was a you know pretty good issue, but because it was so much action, a lot of story didn't really develop out of it. The first. I don't know, probably two-thirds of the book is just them scrambling and fighting this big tentacle monster thing. It's not really until the last third that you really get into any of the character development or stuff that moves the story forward. One thing, though, that I found very interesting, this is issue five. uh, Just came out this week, uh, so it came out April 5th. And yet the ad for uh, issue number six here, uh, issue six says that it will come out on April 5th. So if they're able to bring out the next issue uh, yesterday... I'm going to be very (laughs) impressed if I find it. Um, So that's something to look out for. Check the shelves just in case. Um, And then finally here, where did I put this? Is this under the – oh, you know what? I didn't scan in this cover because I bought the only copy that we got in. Uh, So let me turn that off for a second. And hold this up here. This is Courier number one from Zenoscope. Uh, and this is basically the story of an apocalyptic wasteland. There was some sort of virus wiped out most of the uh, people on earth. And so they're just cities left in different clusters around uh, the world. And, She, the character here on the cover, she is one of the couriers. She is one of the people that has to take food or medical supplies or weapons or whatever from one area to another. So she's basically paid to go really fast through dangerous areas to get the supplies moving uh, back and forth. Um, There are gangs roving uh, the countryside, um, but the, the one thing you have to watch out for are these monsters, these creatures that are out there. They're mutants. They're basically the the zombies of this post-apocalyptic wasteland uh, they're uh, they look actually kind of like the um the vampires from i am legend from the will smith version uh very much like that except more feral uh running around but uh, i like the post-apocalyptic stories so i thought i'd give it a chance from xenoscope it's actually a really strong story um a couple factions are actually at war with each other. Um, She's caught in the middle with taking the supplies. So she's not only going to be faced with having to face the monsters that are out there, but facing, you know, kind of this, if you want to call it a political battle that's going on between the two, Uh, you know, where are your true allegiances and that kind of stuff. Uh, It it was actually a lot more engaging than I thought. It was a lot of fun. It was a good read and definitely something that's worth checking out. And I know a lot of stores uh, don't carry Xenoscope books. Um, You know, we, we just got the one, you know, we, we ordered one of everything pretty much uh, to have one for the shelf, and I stole it for myself, so uh, no one else gets to read it except me. Uh, but it was good. It was definitely, I would think, if you love that post-apocalyptic stuff, you know, if you like to read The Walking Deads and, you know, you know watch those types of uh, movies and stuff, then this is definitely worth checking out. It's a strong story, and it's a, it's a pretty good one. And that's going to do my list. All right. Anybody got anything? Click for the week.
1: Unless anyone else has anything else. Mine no. is going to be Uncanny Avengers number 22. Enjoy that a lot. Uh, let me see here.
0: I think I'm actually going to go with uh, Agent 70 and pick um, X-Men Gold number one.
2: You know, this is going to freak you guys out, but I'm also going to go with X-Men Gold number one. Whoa. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> man
1: fan of the, the I, right?
2: I did <laughs> but I think it really shows a lot of potential and it's mm-hmm. it's a good familiar feeling like it's <clears throat> it's it's not retreading the same ground, but it still feels familiar, and I think that's a good thing to have right now, yeah well, in some cases yeah <laughs> but I will admit that that courier actually is a strong second, it was really close okay
1: oh, you know what you need an agent read. seventy the ad read. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: Let me see if I can bring that up somehow. Probably not a quick fashion. I have to do it on my phone because if I try to load it on my laptop, that would take even longer. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and start news because it would take me too long to try to find it this way. So in cinematic news of the week, Oh, I just noticed what the image you put there, Doug. Very nice for those watching the video podcast. Right, For huh.
2: so the ad read, yeah. Actually, I found a bunch of these on a website, so I'm going to start using them. Nice. Works for me.
1: Uh, oh, there I see, the ads. Uh, is it scripts? Here we go.
2: So we, we've killed enough time now that you can do an ad read?
1: <laughs> yes. Thank you. Actually, yeah, let me leave that up there. This episode of Compa Chronicles is sponsored by Busted Tees, your home for funny, awesome, cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friends' attention. It puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale each week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture. To help keep our podcast free, order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us, That cspn.us, then clicking on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Click on the Busted Tees banner and then shop for awesome t-shirts. Busted Tees through cspn.us. Do it today. And now someone decides to show up so he can do the next one once we're at the end of the show. <laughs>
3: What's up, everybody?
1: It's so... we're doing dueling doing, uh, sound effects. There you go. There. Uh, no, I can relinquish. Oops. What's
0: going on, time, everybody?
1: Just, you're here just in time for Cinematic News. <clears throat> Great. So we did read your uh,
0: click of the week. Did you have another pressing one? Did you want to put out real
3: quick? Or... No, I, mean, I hope you guys talked about uh, Captain America, Steve Rogers.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay.
3: All right. So, you know, I don't have much to say about that. You know, it's just kind of, uh, you know, it is what it is right now. You know, as we hurtle towards um, uh, Secret Empire. Yeah. Um, I wonder if there's anything else I really need to touch on. I don't know if you guys are kind of lukewarm towards Royals, because I thought it was kind of a weak um, starting point for their next story. I couldn't do the art. You really don't like the the wannabe uh, Joe Matarera, huh? No, I really don't. Gotcha.
1: I like it, but I had issues with some of the the Royals uh, trusting Marvel Boy, so f- freely like that. Right, 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 mm. right, right, right. And... Um, for you
3: know uh for for as much as I don't like those point one issues that uh Marvel's been putting out like the spider man point ones now there's there was like an avengers like um five you know like uh two point one three point one you know where they were talking about avenger x mm-hmm. right so if uh did you guys talk about avengers number six yeah Okay, so that comes up all of a sudden now. That's uh, reared its ugly head, and it's and, and it's about to stick. To, uh, they're about to insert this uh, character and that uh, retcon history into the uh, storyline proper. So that's that. Uh, I think that's pretty much it for like stuff I wanted to touch on. You know, and you guys talked about my click of the week, so I'm glad.
1: Cool. All right. In cinematic news, Skydance picks up rights to Greg Rucker's comic Old Guard. We now know the name and rank of Sunniqua. Sunniqua Martin Green's Star Trek Discovery star character. And that is... is. it somewhere in here? I
0: should have put it up.
1: Does it say what her. Yeah, <laughs> it does, but it's in the it Okay. It's in the actual article, mm-hmm. so yeah, go fun. Google that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And then Harley Quinn animated films, voice cast villains revealed. Faith Aaron Hicks' Nameless City gets animated. Yeah. Jessica Jones begins production of Season 2. Yay! <clears throat> a new cast member was added to that today, I saw. Yep.
3: I was about to say, Marvel Netflix and is me. coming fast and furious now. No pun intended.
1: Oh, we'll get to that, too. Tom Holland wants Jason Momoa to play Craven the Hunter.
3: That's actually I a good, good fan casting right there, though. Yeah,
1: that's, some, that's a good fit. Yeah. Netflix reveals the Defenders' arrival and security footage. Yeah, just a little teaser thing. Uh,
2: Martian Cat is in the uh, YouTube chat room. Says yay for Jessica Jones.
1: Oh, yes, she She's a fan. Yay. Shout out. What's up, Cat? Thank you for watching and viewing. Follow her on Twitter. Is it at Martian Cat? Uh, no. Seven it's at CatMars77 is is her Twitter. Thank you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, there were new character banners for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, there's an article about all the ways the Marvel Netflix shows avoid mentioning the Marvel movies. Goodness gracious. Yeah. I uh, have a lot of info, along with other sites, about Spider-Man Homecoming. Marvel's New Warriors headed to Freeform, which straight to series order. So it's, it's going to be Squirrel Girl and the New world. Warriors, probably is what the title of the series is going to be. Yeah. Ouch. Because uh, it's, more, it's more about Squirrel Girl than New Warriors, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah. But
3: I guess they have no faith in uh, Squirrel Girl being the uh, the sole lead character, so they have to throw in something recognizable.
0: No, I would argue it went the other way. They have no faith in New Warriors
1: and and, <laughs> and Squ- Squirrel Girl being the more popular one. Actually, it was actually also revealed that uh, Freeform had pitched for a Squirrel Girl series originally, even before getting uh, Cloak and Dagger. And They've heard the rumors or the request to have Anna Kendrick or Shannon Purser play Squirrel girl uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. promos highlight The Resistance and Madame Hydra. That returned this week. I missed the episode, but... Same. More than likely, I probably won't go back to watch it. Oh, no. Yeah. Why not? Because usually it's just background noise for me anyway, and I haven't really been paying much attention this season, so there's no point for me to go back and try to watch it again. Okay. Uh, Invincible from Seth Rogen and uh, Evan Goldberg is getting a film adaptation. Hopefully, it won't be like Green Hornet. That, hopefully, now I also remember. I thought I'm sure. Of course, he's he's allowed to change his tune. But I know Kurtzman always said that he ain't, Invincible wouldn't, wouldn't be you know made into a film or any kind. You know, the money's out there. That's right. The GI Doe movie franchise is getting a fresh start with a revamped look that will appeal to young audiences.
2: The Crown Jewel of the Hasbro Universe. Very, very, very That's right, the Crown Jewel. Wasn't that supposed <laughs> to be what the last movies were?
0: Yeah. I guess. I you think? Yeah, it's I mean, it has been
2: a Well, I was gonna say it certainly wasn't like they adapted G.I. Joe as it was. They they were trying to make it hit for the young audience.
1: How do you even do an adap- a straight adaptation? Well, I
2: mean, like the, the cartoon hard. movie. If yeah. they took the cartoon movie or they took the, the, the two-part room. episode where uh, Shipwreck was stuck in Springfield and everybody oh, was... Oh, no! <laughs> <door>. <laughs> I mean, come on.
3: Shout out to Durf. We need, we the need to close on memory.
1: We need to coast the episode that did for film. There you go. Dreadnoughts
0: and a band. Oh, man, we need to bring... We need to the, uh, put that in the notes. Like, like it, Here's
2: it. the thing. It, it would be so easy to do and they messed it up. By trying to make it into something else, like don't make it something else. Like have a guy named Leatherneck wearing a, a you know open button vest. blue vest with a giant Marines logo tattooed on his chest, smoking a cigar with the hat on, and have him wrestling an alligator, and that's how the movie right. opens. I mean, don't don't overthink it. I Thought that was gung ho. They need to. That would yeah,
3: yeah, that was gung ho. Yeah. But that's okay. They
1: yeah. need to be re- resurrect Serpentra by getting the remains of all the greatest leaders and. In... Oh, yep. no. Actually,
0: that t- absolutely great. could be a movie, though.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just, I and, and that, that, like, that was a cool five-episode arc right there. Ooh, and the, could the, do the mass device. Dominator. Yeah. When, yeah. When or the do the mass
2: device with the weather yeah. control. And, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff they could do just as yeah. a straight movie. Don't overthink. it, Look, 10,000 <laughs> laser shots and two hits. You know, that's, <laughs> that's what you want in a movie.
3: Oh.
0: Uh... <laughs> I guess they could if they want to, but then again, I guess that's what that last one was—was was whatever that GI Joe that they redid, uh, back in
2: '06 or whatever it was, Renegades. But uh, then again, no. I think that was kind of off the off of the movie anyway. That so. was that was too much of trying to be shocking and like, hey, we killed off this character and we killed mm, off yeah. that
0: character.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
3: Psst. Yeah, that wasn't Renegades. That was another one though, where they killed off people. No, that was Renegades. My apologies.
2: My apologies. Yeah. Because uh, they hired somebody, I want to say it was like Warren Ellis to write it, and uh, oh, really? yeah, and and he goes, "Well, I don't know anything about GI Joe," and they said, "Ah, no, no, we don't care, just make it cool." And so, like, he just started killing off characters left and right. He was just like, "Ah, there's too many of these guys. I can't keep track of them." So he just started killing them all off, and it's like stupid. Anyway, all, all right. right. So, Tim, rant over. For the rest of the news, so. <laughs> rant over.
0: I'm gonna yes. hide back
2: behind my clip art here. Oh, stop.
0: <laughs> and, and news to at least half of the ca- uh, half of the panel here.
3: Yes, the Fast and Furious franchise may bring back mm-hmm. Han Solo. Siolo. Yes. <laughs> and I saw this article and I, and I was
0: like, okay, how in the world would they do this? And then I realized, wait, Fast and Furious is so ridiculous at this point it wouldn't really take much.
3: It's really like the, like, in terms of like the, the hero debts, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen <laughs> Tokyo Drift, it's, it's probably one of the more convincing ones. And since they did actually replay it in um, the post credit scene, um, right. it nice. seemed like it was far more convincing, uh, that they would not bring Han back, but now who is this? One of the, uh, the writers
2: is uh, like dropping hints.
3: Yeah. So yeah. Franchise veteran writer, Chris Morgan so. started talking about this, you know, in the lead up to the next fate of the furious movie, which is coming out. Gosh, it's like next week. Next week.
0: Yeah. Which I am actually going to probably start tonight or tomorrow night running through all of
1: those old movies. Nice. All right and in comic book news scroll, scroll, scroll. Marvel reinstates free digital codes for physical comics Yay. Okay.
2: Yay.
0: or more to the point issue the issue that you bought is the issue that you're going to get as opposed to what they've been doing
2: although it sounds like they're exactly. trying to they're trying to only take a half step back so they're saying you'll get you know the one you bought, and then you'll get right. like bonus digital material or something like that. So they're still going to throw in an old back issue or something because oh that'll make them buy the trade. You know, mm. it's like no, that's Which not how cases, it works. But thanks.
0: Well,
3: in cases could, I could that I
0: can see that making some
2: sense though, yeah,
0: because you if you have
2: know. like yeah, like you
0: know what like, I was hey. being...
3: Go ahead. no, no, you know <laughs> what I was going to say. I'm sorry to to step on that because I think um, one of the things that uh, that Marvel's done lately, especially when it comes to like if you look at uh, Royals for example. At the end of Royals, they had like four... Um, highlighted issues where if you wanted to um if you're new to the the characters and new to the story you could go back and find you know and read these uh these series you know they they highlighted infinity in humans versus x men uh the the marvel boy um limited series and i believe um uh something from annihilation but i'm not sure but at the end of the day if they include one of those issues as the additional digital comic then it's you know then then it's right there it really is uh the um well, call it the uh, the lead-in to something
2: possibly bigger. I, from, I mean, my my feeling is that it's going to be like what they've been doing, where it's just every week, it's something random. You know, uh, for instance, uh, since I've got Nova sitting right here, I can open Nova and see uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Prelude Volume 2, Captain America Epic Collection, Justice is Served, and Mighty Avengers by Brian Michael Bendis. I mean, none of that ties in Nova. And I've got a feeling it's going to be similar, where you know, it's something, one or two random things thrown in there with your book. Gotcha. So everybody gets the same bonus stuff. And if you buy six different issues, you'll get the six issues you buy. And then, you know, same you, four you'll, 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 have that same, you'll have that same stuff repeated that you get no mm-hmm. benefit out of.
0: Maybe they're bringing back Scourge of the
2: Underground. Underworld. Maybe, maybe we'll finally get that Axe of Vengeance omnibus uh, collection, okay. you know?
0: Yes. Yes, please.
2: <laughs> <All right>.
3: Hey. <laughs> There were a couple of Acts of Venge- uh, Vengeance um, crossovers
2: that were re- pretty good. Wait, what, about, what about an Identity Disc uh, hardcover?
3: Oh, no, not Identity Disc.
1: <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Nickelodeon's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Stan Sakai's Yusagi Yojimba reunite this July. Yay! <laughs> Marvel VP of sales blames women and diversity for sales slump. I'm on a roll. Uh, that made the rounds. Uh,
2: yeah, I think yeah, he is. just he, he misspoke what he was trying to say. And, I don't you know, think he did. I think he did because he went back they people asked him for clarification and what the the problem is if you look at what Marvel's done the last couple years you know, if you look at uh, what they call the legacy characters, if you look right. at Hulk and Thor and Iron Man, uh, you can say the same thing about Captain America. Right. Um, you know, those characters, they aren't there. There are other people taking their place that have their name or have their role in the Marvel Universe, but those characters aren't there. And, and they, they got rid of them in that move for diversity, but hes the fact that it's diversity isn't the problem. The fact is that they changed too much too quick with everything you know if you look at when when a tv show casts a new actor taking over someone's role or a band gets a new lead singer or you know something like that changes everybody freaks out and and nobody likes it nobody wants you know cause they they like what they have they don't want something different and it'd be one thing to say Hey, we're going to have this character, and she finds discarded pieces of Iron Man's armor after battles and builds her own suit, and it's called Ironheart, and it'll tie into Iron Man, that'd be one thing. But when they say, oh, you don't get Tony Stark anymore, he's going away, you can't have that character, but here's someone else taking his place, and then it's just like, all right, come on, this isn't what I want.
3: Right, you know. and it's that way across the board. As as Ter mentioned, when it's like wholesale changes pretty much throughout the line, it's you know especially amongst the characters who are the ones the most who are the most recognizable because they're the ones on film. Then you know there is going to be some backlash.
2: I mean, it'd be one thing if it was like Wonder Man, you know, got changed into some other different character, or D Man uh, got changed into some different character. But you know, when people go, "Oh, I, I was just watching Thor the other day. Do you have Thor comics?" It's like, well. You want this miniseries over here. you don't want to read regular exactly. you're looking for the character from the movie: right.
3: And then in the miniseries he's not even wielding his hammer, so there's, right. some, th- there's some weirdness going on. yeah, so anyway yeah I, 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 I'm inclined to agree with dirt on this, I think, and, and, and as, as he mentioned in in the clarification uh, follow-up uh, pieces, you know it became clear that it's not as um, uh, headline grabbing as it should have been. Because at the end of the day, you know, too much change like that, that's pretty much line wide is, is going to be uh, uh, tough for uh, fandom to swallow.
2: Right. And especially, you know, if it'd be one thing if we we're talking about a comic book universe that consistently dealt with death or old age or, right. you know, passing on the mantle. But, you know, we're talking about Marvel, you know, right. <laughs> we're talking about this, the, the rubber band history of Marvel comics where no one ever really gets that old. Nothing really changes. Uh, as we talked about in X-Men 1. It's like, I thought you were dead. I thought you were dead. Hey, I hear there's a version of me out there that is still dead, you know? Right. Um, the fact that, that, that they, they make these changes and they don't think about effects it might have on long-term readers. And the other thing, this is the other thing, too, uh, something that came to my mind is that uh, if someone comes in and they say, hey, I want to read Thor, and it's like, well, you know, it's a different Thor, and they go, well, I don't really want that, they've got back issues, um, they've got, you know, 70 years of history on some of these characters, um, and, and 90% of that is digital. Like, I don't know exactly what the number is, but a lot, you know, a, a very strong portion of their catalog is digital. So anytime, day or night, 24 hours a day, you can go pay $1.99 and read an issue of that character that they won't give you today, you mm-hmm. know, and so that makes a difference, I think, as well. They're fighting themselves, too, on a lot of that material.
0: I don't know. I just feel like, I think the the stuff that was said was probably what was meant to be said, but then he was like, hey, wait a minute, you can't say that because the numbers don't necessarily say that's the case, and also you gotta think, there's probably was other factors like the the amount of events as um, I think um, uh, from the show, Document Duck, said, it was like, you know there's, there's a lot of events and, you know new issues and new number ones every now and then to where people don't really know where to jump on and, you know, the the jumping out front is not really friendly to people who don't, you know, who don't really know what's going on because of the events coming on and all the kind of other stuff. I'm paraphrasing like... Okay.
2: Well, yeah, but I mean, that also yeah. plays into the fact, though, that if you're someone who likes Iron Man <clears throat> and then suddenly... Iron Man's going and Iron Man sold well and had several series. And ever since the movies, it was a rejuvenated character. And, uh, but you know, after secret wars, they're just like, Oh, there's going to be no more Tony Stark, Iron Man, mm-hmm. you know? And for a lot of those people, they were just like, okay, well, I don't, I don't want the new books. I mean, they may be great, whatever, but that's not what I want. That's not what I'm here right. for, you know? So they just move on. So, yeah. I mean, the event fatigue plays into that, I'm sure to a degree, but the, and, but the event also is what led into these massive character changes.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think it's more just an overall problem with all their books, mm-hmm. more than just pinpointing it on one factor. Right. Which came up in another piece on CBR about the numbers, so and how almost just all across the board, all the books were down. It wasn't just the diversity, quote unquote, books. And other news meet George Jetson, by the way, of Harley Quinn's Connor and Paul Miotti.
0: <laughs> dun, dun, dun,
1: dun woman puts her claws and in folks in Injustice 2 promo video. Marvel says no more major events for at least 18 months after Secret Empire. But we can they, only hope.
2: But they say no more, no more major events, right? Right. Major they don't events. say no more minor events. So you can exactly. have something run through all the X-Men books, it just won't affect the Avengers books. And it can run through all the Avengers books but that won't affect the Inhumans books.
0: Exactly, which is the thing that pretty much picked you know, a bunch of people picked up on, including you know a lot of us picked up on as soon as that article came out.
1: I was like, uh huh, we see you. <laughs> uh, let's see, mm-hmm. Dark Knight Metal to explore new directions for DC's comic book heroes. That's their big adventure <laughs>
2: So are I, they all joining the hair bands? Yeah. I'm confused here. So yeah, yeah they're, <laughs> they're, diving in, they're diving into
1: the metal portion, you know, aspect of it and how. Uh, fan of metal I guess I don't know supposedly supposedly Hawkman's going to be returned for it since he just died at the end of the Death of Hawkman series
2: oh really well I think it's I mean mean, Hawkman is a guy from a planet where everybody dresses the same way that looks like the big flying bird people so I'm pretty sure it's a different guy who showed up in that series is going to be taking the mantle of Hawkman yeah
0: Tom King
1: teases
0: and, the next Hang on, wait, 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 wait. Before you do that, I'm back up for one because you missed one. Um, the Amazon and Landon thing? Yeah. So apparently there's a book, and I think it's out right now, and I got the, the screenshot over here. If you are interested in because of the, the Guardians are coming out with a new movie uh, right now. So there's a book that is coming out or is out. Uh, no, it is out by... Um, it's called Guardians of the Galaxy, Creating Marvels to Space Fighting Superheroes. It basically goes from... When uh, Abnett and Lanning, you know, revitalized the Guardians up until, you know, coming into the cinematic stuff. So if you are interested in that,
1: uh, you may want to check out this book. Alrighty. Tom King teases next Batman arc, the War of Jokes and Riddles, and that'll take place after the Button crossover with the Flash, or sometime after that because I think there's even like some filling issues with Batman teaming up with Swamp Thing. Uh, we talked about what happened in Captain America's. Steve Rogers was the mega coming to PS4 this spring. Xbox One version comes later. Yep, so for your console needs, Marvel Heroes is coming. Enjoy. WonderCon Wildstorm announces 25th anniversary hardcover. Young Animal announces a Cave Carson backup and debuts pages from Bug. Marvel Catese's Deadpool killing the Marvel Universe again. And the video game returns to comics and Tekken number one.
3: Tekken, man, I've played that in ages.
1: Give me a Soul Caliber look. Mm. Uh, there was another Injustice Two trailer featuring Go- Gorilla God Society team of bad guys. Yeah, it was two of them. There
0: was a Captain Cold one. I think there was a Gorilla God one. There was also another, I guess, a plot-driven one called Shattered. Uh, the
3: part four of Shattered
1: uh, Alliances, whatever dimensions it's called or something. Yeah. And Lion Forge joins Diamond Comics comic distributors final order cutoff program.
3: Moving on up
2: to
1: the... Basically, the final order cutoff. Yeah, to the retailer
2: side. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what that allows is basically you can go in and you place your order every month. And there's always a cutoff. If you get the previews catalog, it'll always say, you know, please return this catalog by April 22nd or something, you know. Um, but mm-hmm. our, we can we can submit our order at the end of the month, but a lot of books that are part of the final order cutoff, they actually have like an extra two weeks that you can go in and change the numbers. So if after you've submitted your order, people come in and they start asking about that book, and you can go, oh, there's a little more demand than I thought, you can go in and bump those numbers up. Uh, If you ordered 20 copies of some random indie book, and then you finally are able to read the preview, and you're like, ooh, maybe I made a mistake, you can go in and you can bump those numbers down. So they're just joining that program that gives retailers a little more time to fidget with those numbers so they can be a little more secure in what they're actually ordering. So it just adds a level of confidence to the quality of the books that they're getting, and it shows that they're putting more emphasis and commitment on making sure that they're going to stick to their schedule, as opposed to, like, if you remember Image a couple years ago, when Image would say, oh, we're coming out with a six-issue series, and then, like, two issues would come out, and then you'd never see the rest of the series. Oh, man. You know? those, those are the memories, man. And that's, they were, like, threatening, like, hey, we're going to dump you out of this program because these books are, like, never coming out. You can't find a schedule, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So that final order cutoff is just a good way to say we're, we're committed to our quality, we're committed to following the schedule, we're giving you more time to adjust your numbers, which they usually feel is going to be a bump up. Very rarely is it a bump down.
0: All right. Hey, real quick. Um now I know we have uh fans of the Phantom Furious. I know Kat's mentioned Kat Cat um, mentioned in the um in, in the chat um that it's one of our favorite films and I know it is Agent Seventy and Tim's is are y'all going to see it next
3: week? Uh probably not because what's it's what's next whole week? week? Uh,
0: Fast Eight or Fated oh. Foods. Yeah, whenever it comes out, true. I'm going to
1: see it. Uh yeah, yes. yes.
3: Next Thursday is when it comes right. out. I mean that's like Holy Thursday
1: going I'll see it that Friday, weekend. So
0: Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> Like, it may not be, like, the first thing I do that particular weekend, but...
2: Uh, You're not going to skip the show for the Thursday night premiere? <laughs>
3: <laughs> nah. If it I'll fell be. on the... You know. Not for this. Okay. For
2: this. Vin Diesel's disappointed in you.
3: I know. I believe it. All right. So, I guess we're, we're going to wrap. What what ad read did we do uh, earlier? We didn't. Bust the T's. Oh, we, oh, we did Bust yeah. the T's? All right, so let me pick uh, something else. In the meantime, um, while I pull that, while that's loading for me, I wanted to um, pull out something I picked up literally today on my way back from uh, an appearance in a, lo- in a, uh, a local courthouse. Um, I walked into a Dwayne Reed to pick up um, something, and I happened to. And if you're not familiar with this, Dwayne Reed it was bought by Walgreens, so Dwayne Reed also gets the Walgreens exclusives. And I happened to see this Funko Pop of Miss Marvel. It's a Walgreens exclusive. It might be old because, you know, sometimes they have old stuff that kind of circulates through the Dwayne Reeds and the Walgreens. So, but I picked this up today. Kind of cool. Nice. All righty. And uh, on that note, if no one else has any other uh, unwrappings or unboxings or anything like that, I'm going to read an ad read. Go Nothing? for it. There we go. Do so, it. oh, we got something, Roddy? No, he was saying go for it. Do it. Okay, here we go. Let me tell you about Skull Candy. Skull Candy makes the best headphones, earbuds, and gaming headsets, all with lifetime warranties. Skull Candy produces many types of audio accessories, including headphones, sports earbuds, Xbox gaming headsets, PlayStation gaming headsets, DJ headphones, iPod headphones, and MP3 headphones. And now, for the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles, Skull Candy offers free standard shipping on your order to help keep our podcast free order from skull candy by first going to cspn.us that's cspn.us then click on the keep our podcast free link click on the skull candy banner and then shop for high quality audio accessories with free standard shipping skull candy audio through cspn.us do it today so i forgot i actually did have this
0: but i wasn't sure about what it was because i got this in the mail. Um a few days ago, and from the smuggler. So, I, as folks know, I usually get a, a box for um, the collector's core stuff, and I also get a smuggler's bounty one from the Star Wars stuff. It's this, this Funko and doing that stuff. And apparently, they sent me this medallion thing, which has you know Funko Darth Vader on the front, and it's got you know smuggler's bounty on the on the back, and it's kind of got some weight to it too. If you can hear that, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I had to maybe I'll rock that for Heroes Con or something. I don't know, but that's that.
3: That's one way to be blinged
1: Make out. Sure. I know, right?
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. was on
1: our individual Twitter accounts. I'm at I'm um, I'm at dog 98 and at CB Agent Seventy is at Agent Underscore Seventy on Twitter and Instagram. RightyCat is at RightyCat and at News Nerds Needs, and on Instagram at CBCaps. There you go. Get everybody. And Doug is at PCN underscore DIRT on Twitter and go to his website popculturenetwork.com Nice. We'll be back next week. Same time, same location. Go to Nation.com for slash live to stay up to date on every new episode each week. We are the Chronicles and we are signing off. Peace. Hey.